Hello and welcome to Source. Well, my name is Elvis, and as always, I'm your host. All right, it's going to be a short one. We have a lot of comics review, maybe even of what I watched this week. But you know what? Let's just get right on into it and see what happens. First off, we have some news topics, or at least one news topic that really caught my eye, which is that apparently there are rumors that there is going to be a sequel to Three Jokers by Jeff John and Jason Fabach. And I can't understand why that would be necessary. The only thing I can think of is that John's realized he wrote absolutely nothing in the first three Jokers and then decided that, you know what, I probably need a sequel to actually tell a story. And that's maybe giving him too much credit. I mean, he had like three, five years to actually capitalize on the seeds for three Jokers and having a sequel to that doesn't seem very, well, appealing or actually exciting. So, you know what, fingers crossed that maybe it's a masterpiece, but after what we just got, I sincerely doubt it. Anyway, let's move on to what I read this week. First off, we have American Vampire 1976 number 2, which is yet another issue to the finale arc of American Vampire. And this issue definitely has a lot more weight to carry than the first one did. While the first one was pretty decent using vagueness and small intimations to bridge the gap between the last real ongoing, second cycle, and this final miniseries, this one has to carry the heavy brunt of actually explaining a lot of it. If it's not characters simply talking in slightly dull exposition, his entire set pieces and chunks of the issue being dedicated toward flashback montages to fill in every conceivable gap that a reader might have. And it's a lot. And it's kind of distracting with what it's trying to do. It brings to the forefront the idea that there might have been more life second cycle and that maybe doing a time skip while pragmatic is actually not very practical. That said, Snyder is at least relatively adept at imbuing these moments with humor, personality, and actual mental mistakes. It feels like there's actual build-up to what the story needs rather than just general info dumps the reader needs to get and could have gone into with real issues. And that's a really fine tightrope to handle when it's pretty much both. It's both cases. But to make it past that, this is actually a really good issue that pushes Skinner, Travis, Pearl, and the rest of the cast forward, pinpointing their continually frayed dynamics and their own securities and foibles, but compounding that with the amusement and excitement of seeing them drop into a high intensity, properly grand scale, end of the world plot. Well, you know, it's thrilling and it's what you want to see in a final arc. You want to see like a big culmination of things and that's what we're kind of getting here. With like Travis's subplot and everything on the train in this issue, it's actually pretty astounding. Plus, it was again fun seeing Skinner realizing that he's an old man and that he is going to die unless he gets his shit together. So overall, I had a really great time with this issue. It does feel like it's gonna read really weirdly and awkwardly when you you know go through the entire series on a reread. But overall, I do like that sticking to its guns and it's actually trying to tell a really well-rounded finale story. One thumb up, one thumb middle. Next up, we have Kick-Ass versus Hit-Girl number one, and this is finally it. The showdown about three years in the making, Kick-Ass, the new one at least, Patience Lee, is finally going toe-to-toe of Hit-Girl. Now, for those of you understandably out of the loop, the ongoing Kick-Ass series, started by Mark Millar and JRJR, and continued by Steve Niles and Marcos Rusin, has been all about how the new Kick-Ass has been systematically taking over the Albuquerque and underworld in order to become a crime boss and support her family. By the end of the latest issue of the main series, might be the finale issue, She's finally filled that goal and gotten rid of the last loose thread that could threaten her. Which, well, gets the attention of Hit-Girl, who's been having her own adventures in her own concurrent ongoing by a rotating creative team. And this sets the stage for this finale crossover. And, well, this first issue doesn't quite reach, you know, that point. I know, I know. It's a cliche to complain that a matchup crossover versus comic doesn't have the matchup from the jump. I mean, yes, having a little patience and all that, that's good advice. And it's well worth taking to heart. But as a continuation of the kick-ass song going, you know, where people would logically have started reading a storyline from, it takes a lot of time reiterating things we already know. 
I get that this is being marketed as its own special miniseries, even though it's just another arc, but it does get a bit tiring to read having all that back knowledge already. It really could have cut to the chase more quickly, rather than having Hikuro appear in basically three panels, not even Albuquerque yet. And on a purely story side, it does have a bit of an issue with interesting plot threads that could have been seeded way better way before. Like how Kick-Ass's crew betrays her and defects back to their old bosses at the cartel. Which just comes up as strange given that they've shown a good amount of loyalty in every other instance. And that the cartel has tried to kill them super assassins about three times already. I don't mind the betrayal angle. They are criminals after all. But it does seem very spendthrift in terms of storytelling. Other than that, the issue is fairly enjoyable. And it does what Niles and Frozen have done best with the series. Including small human character beats, but also some fun wild action. I hope it doesn't take too long for us to get to the main event, especially since this issue is already even setting up a third act, we gotta work together final boss. But also, you know, just I hope it gives it enough room to really make an impact, this matchup. Overall, Tufan's middle. I'm still excited for more. I've enjoyed the ongoing, I've enjoyed this character, and I hope that this arc is worthy of, you know, being the end game for this run. And lastly, we have Extra Swords chapters 14 through 16, which is Marauders, Excalibur, and Wolverine. And alright, this is the new worst week. It is without a doubt some of the most disappointing I've ever been made by an event comic in a while. Not for any fault of the issues themselves. On their own, they're pretty decent and fairly fun gimmicky fodder. But taking as huge chunks of this event's middle section, they're pretty god-awful. Or if not god-awful, then a complete waste of potential and promises that the very hefty first half of the series made. To put it blunt, the first half of the event was riddled with some very somber and reflective character piece issues, like the ones they had for Doug, Storm, and Apocalypse. Issues that not only raised the dramatic stakes, but also heightened the emotional investment of the characters. It made the event seem very lofty and hefty in its aims and with where it would take the characters. And well, the tournament started this week, and it's nothing but gimmicky bullshit. Fun, gag-filled, vignette-styled, comedic set pieces that give it all this nonsensical and carefree air. Which again, is fine on its own. Storm Wolverine getting into dream contests as one of the challenges? Fun. Doug's challenge being getting married? Fun. Wolverine being set up by three different factions into getting into one fight? Fun. But it clashes so damn much with the tone and the drama and the stakes of everything that came before it that it feels like a really big letdown. Like we were sold a bill of goods. Like it was somehow foolish to even get invested in the first place. I do feel foolish. I mean, I enjoyed the gags in this issue for what they were, but I would have liked to have enjoyed them genuinely rather than being blindsided by the weightful and impactful setup. Honestly, if they want to do surprise total switch up, it should have been the reverse. Start off funny and wacky like these issues, and then the last five issues of the 22 issue event go full on in with the dramatic stakes. Because no doubt the shit will go down in this event at the end. It'll just feel weird when all is said and done, honestly. So overall, one thumb down, one thumb middle. Anyway, let's move on to what I watched this week, because I actually did watch something, and it is finally, after all this time, the new mutants. So this is going to be a slightly spoiler free review because. Even talking about the plot is talking about the entire movie. To start off with, I thought it was, you know, pretty okay. Like, pretty okay in a way that made me kind of astonished that it got such a bad rap, but only a little bit astonished. Because when I say pretty okay, I mean in the way that a lot of early 2000s teen horror clicks were pretty okay. And what I mean by that is that it has the same kind of tone and consistency that will allow it to slot right alongside the faculty or idle hands. A very devil-may-care, free-flowing attitude 
then this is much a benefit to the movie as it is a huge drawback. Because while that style of carefree horror has its charms, I mean I love the janky ridiculousness of Idle Hands and it keeps the style of movie from stalling out, but it also means that this movie, New Mutants, never really feels like it has much stakes or drama. It feels aimless at times, where character building scenes and set pieces are seemingly thrown together in an order that comes off as random and distracting, like there's very little momentum in its engagement with either side of its story. I mean it's fun, I like seeing the characters hang out and get to know each other, try it as it can be, but it never gets the time to breathe and the horror scenes aren't enough to fully make up for it or pick up the slack. These scenes are almost half-formed afterthoughts at times. Still, the movie does fly by, it was almost halfway over before I knew it, and the only time I was bored was near the end in the third act when it struggles to make that switch from these cliche horror beats to an action-y packed third act bonanza, which it doesn't pull off, it really doesn't. But I at least appreciate some of the small touches it tried to pinpoint along the way. Overall, it's not the best outing, but one that I don't regret watching and I'll probably watch again, and one that I would have liked the sequel to. It's like one of the movies that feels like a pilot episode like the 2017 Power Rangers movie, where they're just getting the status quo out of the way. And it's a shame that we won't get that body horror thing inspired Warlock and Doug sequel, but at the very least this movie doesn't end on a cliffhanger. And as the end of the X-Men Cinematic Universe franchise, that's the least we could have expected. One thumb down, one thumb middle, and a number score of 6 out of 10. And again, a little more spoiler territory. I do want to say that I really appreciated the romance between Danny and Rain. Of anything else, their dynamic and their budding relationship throughout the movie is maybe the most consistently portrayed and written. It's an actual arc, and the movie doesn't really care about arcs at all. They did give that angle, that story beat, time to grow and enough set pieces to feel justified and earned when they do make that jump into you know being proper love interests so i really thought that was wonderful but that's about it so yeah hats off to the x-men cinematic universe i will miss you and you know what i think about nine out of 13 movies being pretty watchable isn't that bad a score anyway that's it for this week i just want to say thank you to everyone out there who's still listening and who has continued listening that means so much to me i'm so grateful for that and I'm going to give a shout out to the cover artist for the show at D-O-T-E-M-C-E. Please share them out. They're amazing. And give them all the love you can because they totally deserve it. And I want to say have a great week. See you again next time. And hope you have a good one.